Hey guys, before we get started with today's episode, I wanted to take a second to talk about our friends Swiftwick. Swiftwick was founded in 2008 with the purpose of creating the best, high-performance, moisture-wicking socks designed with an incredible contoured fit. Today, based in Franklin, Tennessee, they are an international brand developing performance and lifestyle socks for every adventure. All Swiftwick products are made in the USA using the most sustainable practices available and are backed by the company's best sock you'll ever wear guarantee, which is 100% true. They are the best socks that you will ever wear. As a thank you for you, the listener, we have been able to partner with Swiftwick to bring you guys a discount of 20% off your purchases at Swiftwick through the end of April. Just head on to over to swiftwick.com and use the promo code TRAILTRASH20 at checkout for 20% off your next purchase. If you're like us on the show, you'll love the Flight XT Trail, guaranteed to get you out of whatever mess you can get yourself in. If you're on the road or you're a cyclist or you just want something super comfortable, be sure to check out the Flight XT or the Maxxis. The Maxxis is my daily go-to. It is just a nice, supportive, cushy hug for your feet on days when you just want your feet to feel good. Head on over to swiftwick.com, use the code TRAILTRASH20, T-R-A-I-L-T-R-A-S-H-2-0 at checkout for 20% off your next purchase at swiftwick.com. And now, let's get popping. This is the Trail Trash Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody. This is Jason and John, and here is another episode of the Trail Trash Podcast. Garrett is taking the night off to spend with some family. So me and John are in the captain's seat and are going to talk um, all things Barkley. Um, but before we get into that, uh, I'm going to give a plug. And John, I know, is going to back me up on this. Um, I did a hour and a half treadmill run and watch uh, uh Jeff uh, Peltier's uh, UTMB race with his girlfriend today. And if you have not watched his YouTube channel, man, that guy does, first off, some of the most amazing filming you'll ever see, but does some of the most epic running. Like, I like yeah. how chill, man, I had chills watching him run that. Was that, um, did you, have you watched that one yet? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he is extremely talented, extremely talented videographer and I guess documentarian, but um, yeah, just runs in some of the most gorgeous places on, on the planet and you'll have such envy just watching him travel to all these places. Um, and that and, and it's, it's also so inspiring too, like, you know, like watching, watching them run UTMB and like, you know, watching her go through her struggles and and stuff and then watching a finish i mean and the way they document it is just like it's it's almost like you're watching i mean like it's like a real movie it's not like just some thrown together ultra runner that's just like you know out in the woods running a race i mean this is some high quality stuff so i i mean you know it takes a lot to get me inspired now 
But uh, I have to tell you, after watching that, John had turned me back on to watching him. I watched his Georgia, not the state, but the country stage race. And um, yeah, I mean, that's a country I don't think a lot of people would immediately put at the top of their like uh, destinations. But after seeing like some of like the landscapes that he was running through there, I mean, it really looks like a really cool place to to go to if you ever have the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Cool and terrifying. Those dogs, man, that was intense. <laughs> it's like a scene where he's getting like surrounded by a pack of like uh, herding dogs. And they tell him before the race starts, like if these dogs come up on you, be careful because um, because most of them carry like rabies. And it is just like absolutely like like wild. But anyway... I didn't mean to get on that sidebar. I just watched that and I just like have I was so inspired like watching it. Like I I was ready to go out and like, you know, sign up for something like really hard and and do it. So it was really neat. So so we are going to get into um we're going to get into the Barkley a little bit. And I think, you know, for the the majority of folks, you know, um you know, the Barkley has been a race that has really kind of, it just keeps seeming to get bigger and bigger and bigger, um, <clears throat> you know, every single year. It, it seems, you know, it draw it gets harder, it gets more difficult. And for those of you who aren't very familiar with the Barkley, basically the way the, basically what it is, is the course is never the same and you are given a bib number and you have to go around the 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 park area at frozen head here in tennessee and find corresponding pages to these books that correspond with your bib number um and how many books are we up to john is it 10 books um there's like 11 or 13 this year i'm gonna say 11 uh, I'd have to fact check that. Um, there's an excellent documentary about this as well. It's on YouTube right now. You can watch it for free, but it's called the Barkley Marathons, the race that eats its young. And um, when it came out, it really uh, was one of the, it was really like the tipping point that brought in like a lot of t attention to this race. That one's a good one. And then um, what's the one that the ginger rendered in uh, uh where, where uh, dreams come to die yeah, where dreams go to die uh, featuring uh gary robbins who came painfully close to finishing it one year man that had to be one of the hardest <clears throat> hardest things i've ever had had to watch from just knowing what it's like being in you know not not obviously at that race but you know what it's like putting all your energy into into a race and coming up short um it was just it was just heartbreaking and and essentially um that year he he got turned around and ended up coming in the wrong way and on top of that he missed the time that matter of seconds yeah, but right. it, it, it wouldn't have mattered anyway because he came the wrong way, right? Yeah, he was he was off course. He made a navigational error really, really late into the race. Like, it's a matter of miles, I believe it was. Yeah, and that's a race that has really haunted him over the years. I mean, he's I think he's pretty much 
as of now given up on it. So, I don't know if given given giving up is like the right term as much as he shifted his focus elsewhere to more, I guess, being more present with his family and stuff, which you know I can really respect that. He's got a he's got a young child himself. So <clears throat> absolutely. So this year we can break, we're gonna break it down a little bit as much as you can break it down and just kind of talk a little bit about <clears throat> what the weather was like, you know, how, uh, you know, who was running it and, you know, kind of how it, how it kind of went. So, so, you know, it, it brought out some of the big balling, uh, you know, Barkley guys, you know, John Kelly was there. Um, John, um, yeah, yeah, he he was, he was the last person to actually finish, finish the race. I think it was, um, 2016, 17 back in 2017 that's right he finished it um that was the year that him and gary robbins they were kind of kind of teamed up and were leading um but they weren't out of the woods and then he ran out of the woods wearing like a like an like a bright orange prison beanie he found in a in a a grocery bag around his torso (laughs) yeah i think that's how everybody remembers him and um it's you an know, since the, look at this point, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and I think, you know, correct me if I'm wrong up to that point, he had not really been on the ultra running scene map, had he? Well, I mean, he had had a pretty accomplished career, but he wasn't one of those like household names or as household as it's going to get with a trail and ultra runner. Right. And then he ended up what moving to you, he ended up moving to the UK and um he 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 ended up running a, a few races out there set some records um but i think one interesting thing about him was uh his he has like roots in the, the area right because i think his, his granddad was that was a guard at the prison um and so he's kind of local to the area a little bit so you know he's ran out there a ton kind of i don't want to you never really have an edge at Barkley, but he at least knows the terrain. Yeah, I mean, if you know the terrain, that is, that is a pretty good edge to have. And uh, one tidbit is that at one point, he owned every single Strava segment over there at Frozen Head. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the guy is, <clears throat> and it's funny, you know, he's such a mild manner looking guy. Like he's like, you like know, he's he a looks... data analyst, I think, for uh, his career. <laughs> and that's what he looks like. He looks like somebody that you would be, you know, that would be sitting behind a computer somewhere. Um, then after that, um, you know, we have a, a, a gentleman by the name of, and I know I'm going to butcher this, so please, folks, don't get mad at me. Um, Aurelian Sanchez. Um, he is, uh, he's from France. Um, yeah, so far I- in our French, literally. <laughs> And uh, he's, I guess he's, 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 uh, he's ran a few ultras over here. Um, you know, I don't know much about the guy. Do you know much about him? I really don't. Uh, we were just talking before the pike before we were recording. And I think that's the first, uh, like, this is the first I've heard of this uh, person. So I'd be a little bit dig it and see what else he's done. Cause it takes some, it takes something to finish the Barkley. <laughs> Yeah, I I think he ran some race called the Diagonal de uh, 
Foes. Oh, Diagonal Defoe. Yeah, Defoe. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2022, I think that's the one race that really stands out for him um, that I, I can see. Then after that, we have the uh, legendary Barkley runner, Jerry Campbell. Uh, Jared has finished this thing three times. The Um, only person to have finished it three times. And only one of three people who's finished it multiple times now. It's crazy. 2012, 2014, 2016. So, you know, he was coming back, try to get a finish. then um you know then there was damian hall is another uk ultra runner um made it out to the fifth loop didn't he yep he made that fifth loop yep Uh, he owns a ton of fkts in the uk he won this year's uh montane spine race and finished fifth at utmb in 2018 so this guy's no slouch um at all and then i mean then you got to talk about Harvey Lewis being there. I mean, Harvey Lewis, you could argue, has had one of the best years in ultra running last year. Um, yeah, what he did at Big's Backyard last year was just amazing. <laughs> nuts, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it really he, makes you wonder if he had, like, uh, how long he could have kept going if he didn't, if he could have just, like, kept going without, like, someone to run with on that. It's just nuts. And then he also was what he was third at, at Badwater, right? Yeah, something like that. So I mean, he had a he had a tremendous year. I mean, um, but you know, um, I, I think I think at Biggs he ended up going fifty five yards, which was about three hundred sixty eight k, which is just crazy. Then um, then you had Jasmine Paris. Um, she um she had a fun run last year at the 2022 Barkley. She was the the first uh uh woman fun runner since Bev Anderson Abs did it and did it twice in 2012 and 2013. Um yeah. she ended up with uh four loops this year and the first woman to do so. Just which is wild. And then she uh which which and then you know what else is crazy about her is 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 she uh set the record at the uh at the spine race the Mont- the Britain's Montane spine race in 83 hours and 12 minutes and 23 seconds uh while she was also pumping breast milk for her daughter um if you've not seen that picture it's a very popular picture of her sitting there like pumping breast milk for her daughter and then running that race um just what a legend <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just I mean, she's she's just badass in every way, shape, and form. And then, and then, of course, there's this Corel uh, Saab, uh, another highly decorated ultra runner from um, from Europe. Belgium. Um, yeah, he's a he's a dentist. <laughs> yeah, isn't that wild? And uh, he also, I believe, he he's the current holder of the Appalachian Trail FKT, isn't he? Uh, yes, he did. He broke the speed. He broke uh, string beans record. Yeah. Um and then um he'd also had he'd also used to own a record on the PCT as well. Um and then speaking of stream bean, he was there, Joe McConaughey. Um uh he he that guy is just a monster. He he broke um 
Was he the one that broke he he broke the speed goats record on the AT, right? Yeah, uh, I was trying to remember what order that came in because we had uh, Jarek break it, then Carl Meltzer break it, then I think he was the next one to take that down. All within a year of each other. Yep, and then he also, remember, he also set the record at the Cocodona 250 this year. Um, He didn't like, which is, this blows my mind. He finished it in 59 and a half hours, which is just crazy. And then, days, yeah. And then, uh, and then, lastly, is Johann Steen. Um, Johann Steen is he's 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 you know a, a veteran at the bigs, and he's he's ran Barkley before in twenty seventeen. I think he did a fun run then. So, so you really had a a a really stacked field of um, of, of runners, people. You know, there were some people that weren't there that I was surprised of, but mainly, I, you know, I, I knew they weren't going to be there. I knew Jamil wasn't going to be there. Um, you sure? You know, I thought I saw him in one of the pictures. No, he he did not. Yeah. He was he was not there. I'm, well, I mean, he didn't he didn't participate. Let me rephrase that. Okay. Yeah, he he didn't participate because if you remember, he is um, he's kind of rebuilding his fitness. I don't know if you follow his social media, but. He um, kind of took some time off himself and has been kind of getting back into it. But, you know, he wasn't there. There wasn't as many big female names as previous years, it seems. Uh, it seems like Jasmine was kind of was kind of the big, the big, the big name for in the, the female side. Um, but, you know, this year it was it was pretty it was pretty uh, awesome because uh, we had good weather the entire time. Yes, and that good weather played a huge factor in this race, in my opinion. Um, it was cold. it got cold, but uh, it was mostly dry, so they really, really lucked out with that because usually weather is just really just kind of crazy there. It's and, usually something. Right, and so do you – I have the opinion, and I don't know if you agree with me that – if it rains, you can almost guarantee there's not going to be a finish at that race. Um, I mean, it definitely makes it less of a possibility for sure um, between the rain. And then even if it gets like real foggy up there, which it does a lot, you know, that, that I'm sure that plays a big role in like navigation as well. Which is they've had like years too, where it's been like, you know, like hot during the day, like 70, 80 degrees and then like snowed in the middle of the night. So, yeah, I mean, this time of year up in those mounds, it's just, you know, you can get anything all in the same day. (laughs) Yeah, a hundred percent. But I, you know, we, so we had the good weather and, you know, we had, and because of that, we had, we had the three finishers. We had um, um, Sanchez who came in first. I guess you would say came in first. He finished first. Let's rephrase that. Because uh, I think this is one race that I think we can agree on that um, if you finish, you win the race. I don't think. I mean, technically he won. Yeah. Um. <laughs> he was the first one to finish. He he um, finished in 58-23-12. And um, Kelly was second, uh, 58-42-23. And then um, – Carell was at 59.53. I think he had six and a half minutes to spare, almost seven minutes. 
Yeah, they said, uh, yeah, he's the slowest finisher in Barkley history. <laughs> I'm sure he don't give a damn, though, right? I'm sure that last new like half hour, everyone was staring at Keith Dunn's Twitter, just hitting refresh, waiting for Sandra of them to come in. That's <laughs> wild. And so, and so then after that, you know, you know, Damian Hall, he got in four loops. He went out for the fifth loop, but I think I remember them saying he got lost, and then he came back and just ended up like quitting um, because he was so lost that he didn't realize, I mean, he realized that there wasn't much that he could do at this point. Hmm. And then, and then after that, you had, you had, you know, you had uh, several people who got in fun runs, um, which is, which is you typically, you know, that typically seems to be what most people do um, when there's usually not ever, usually there's not a lot of finishers for the race, but usually most of the people get fun runs and, uh, you know, string bean got one. Jasmine got one, Jared got one, uh, Tomikazo got one. I forgot that he was in there. Um, um, you know, so multiple, multiple people got the fun runs. So, you know, I think, I think it's, it's funny because everybody says that, that, you know, because there were so many finishers at last is going to be really pissed off and next year is going to be even harder. Um, I just wonder how much harder they can make this race. I mean, I don't know. I've I've never run it, so I mean, it's just like beyond anything I could imagine. Just um, not only do you have to run the distance uh, within like a given time, but you have all the navigation, um, both in daylight and overnight, and then strung out over. 60 hours just that sleep deprivation on top of it and yeah I don't, I don't know because it seems like he keeps adding books you said that you thought there might be 11 this year um and I mean that's it that adds an, an element to it that makes it harder when he keeps adding books I mean you know, it's one thing when you have to find eight pages and he goes to nine pages and 10 pages and now he's at 11 pages. You know, when does it when does it become too much or when does it become too hard? But obviously, if there was 11, 11 is not too much because three people were able to accomplish it. Um, and I think what's interesting about Barkley is it's not built for just anybody to finish this type of race i think you know when you look at the way the barkley is ran it's a very you know for one you have to be able to orient yourself and not every ultra runner can orient themselves um but it's definitely not your garden variety ultra runner um <laughs> definitely not no yeah like and it's really interesting if you watch the uh like the documentary the uh the barkley marathons the race that eats it's young uh, he talks a little bit about how it's supposed to be something that's like right on the edge of possibility, like 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 right on that line between is it possible to finish or is it impossible to finish, and just like being like right there on 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 the edge of like you know your limits. Yeah, and and it's it's funny because we had a big conversation around how it pushes people to their limits and how it takes a special kind of person to it because a very 
high profile ultra runner um one that i'm i'm not a huge fan of um <laughs> you know went on to twitter um and um and i mean it's it was sage candidate and you know basically was comparing it to comrades and was basically saying that you know that it was basically barkley was too exclusive and it i don't know if he i don't know if he it was too exclusive and he was saying it lacked diversity i don't i'm not really sure what all he was trying to say in that post but that basically that you know that he felt like that it was more of a type of type of club that you had to be in and you know i i'm in the mind that i think he's you know he's right it is very exclusive but you know yeah i'm looking at the uh post right now we have it saved in our chat uh in the first line he said super exclusive and full of gatekeeping um so i mean my thoughts on that is it is exclusive and it's kind of supposed to be um i mean first off you know john kelly did a good job of uh summing this up uh in a in a twitter post over the weekend talking about how the race almost got like canceled forever uh by the tennessee state legislature and part of the deal for him to be able to continue was just like limiting its capacity to just 40 runners each year um just because of like you know some of like the delicate ecosystems and things like that out there like if you were to throw like you know hundreds and hundreds of people out there it would just destroy that area um especially since parts of it take place off of the trail um so places where you know you normally wouldn't be allowed to go if you were just out in the park for like you know a nice walk right but i think you're but so but but you know it is gatekeeping because you well, have because you you have to have gatekeeping to some extent for this race because well, well the gatekeeping part of it i think um there is you know some of that too like we've talked about this a bit before with some of like the um laz worship and things like that he has i really don't know what to call it kind of like uh, a bunch of like groupies who like to follow him and like worship the ground he walks upon um and we may have seen this a little bit more just having lived close to him and run some of his other races like the strolling gym where he's out and present um so i do understand part of that and i'm not exactly like the biggest fan of that um ultimately i don't think glass really cares though that's <laughs> No, I, I don't think he does, but I think you have to have it to some extent with this race because, for one, he can't just let anybody in. Yeah, like you can't you can't have like a couch to five k out there. And no offense, if you are a couch to five k or you're you're doing great, and I hope your five k goes well. But if you go out into this race with like no like experience whatsoever, you're not going to have a good time. So if you limit it to like if you're limited to 40 people, you can't just have just a bunch of people, a bunch of people who are just, I guess, green out there who just have no idea what's going on. I mean, a hundred percent. Plus it, it gets into the safety feature out there. I mean, yeah, that too. 
you're spending a lot of time alone out there in all kinds of conditions day and night and you know uh some you know even if you decide to quit it could be like hours before you make it back like i think uh in in the documentary they talked about one person who made it like two and a half miles officially on the course before they gave up and returned to camp and it was like 32 hours before they got back right who was it um Carell last year didn't he get lost and ended up in town yeah he ended up in a nearby town and had like the police like pick him up after some worried residents (laughs) noticed him and called the police and having all kinds of like crazy hallucinations and had him drop drop him back off at the yellow gate (laughs) And then you had the year that um, I, the that Guillaume ran it, and I don't know if I don't you know if you remember this, but he got lost on the course, and instead of instead of like just keep wandering around, he like stopped and then like slept for a few hours, ended up befriending like a dog, <laughs> and then finding his way back. But it, it but so you know this has a theme right these guys who we're talking about here are built to handle that kind of stress or let me rephrase it built as as best as someone can be built to handle that kind of stress load um so yeah, and when you look at like you know their resumes kind of like we we're uh just really like briefing through earlier that's and you notice like a theme with like this with like their accomplishments and their races and their FKTs and everything else they've done. It's that, um, you know, they, they, they're just really used to just being out for like, you know, long periods of time and pushing themselves like, you know, to the brink. And it's kind of like a, like a trait that like, you know, Laz really like looks for when he's going through these applications. A hundred percent. Because if you look, there's multiple, you know, there's, there's multiple people who, who ran it, that had FKTs on the AT, right? So you had Jared and Stringbean. And so that in itself, you have to have some level of, I I know you have help along the way, but you have to have some level of self-preservation to be able to run over 2,000 miles, not not 2,000 miles, but over, you know, over, you know, the course of the Appalachian Trail, with you know and being able to keep yourself going and being able to deal with the dangers of everything that's on that trail with the wild animals the bears and everything else you're going to run into you know there's a a ton of stuff on there and so you know i i understand what he was saying in that tweet i just feel like it it was just kind of maybe misplaced well the other weird thing to me is comparing barclays to race like comrades those are just designed to be two completely different experiences and races, right? Um, I mean, Comrades has like, you know, really storied history and, you know, it sounds like a really cool race, you know, it'd be really cool to like add to my resume maybe one day. Uh, but I mean, it was originally designed to be like, to honor um, this guy's fallen comrades from World War I. And that's why it's called Comrades. And so, like, when you go across the finish line, you wait, if if you don't have anyone in front of you, you wait for the next person behind you to go through, like, together. Um, so, like, you know, the camaraderie right there is, like, a big, a big point of, a big theme of comrades. Um, so, you know, I mean, like you said, it's just, it's two different things. 
basically yeah, completely it's, different atmospheres right it's 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 like comparing a corvette to my minivan right <laughs> you, you, you have two far different experiences driving each of those vehicles you're going to get a totally different experience doing one up against the other and that's how night and day they really are because there are very few races that are at the level of what the Barkley does. Uh, and I'm sure there are races throughout the world that are super tough, that are just along the same pedigree that the Barkley is. And, you know, I don't know all those, but there's very few races that you can mention that doesn't have a finisher every year. <laughs> I mean, that's to me is absolutely wild. Yeah, there's not many people you could convince to go run a race if there's, you know, a finisher like once every six years. Exactly. And I mean, you know, because here's the thing, if you sign, if you get picked to run that, you have to know that the odds aren't very good that you're even going to finish it. So it's like you're already starting out in the hole, right? <laughs> I mean, you already you it's it's it, it's like literally you know starting a race with only one shoe because that's essentially the the odds that you you know that's essentially what kind of handicap you're dealing with trying to do this i've been out there once um you know me and will went out there and ran one time and the i only went to the tower and back and I couldn't imagine trying to navigate through that thing with no GPS, with some sort of map that's, you know, put together kind of, you know, with crazy landmarks and, and all the different obstacles that you have to kind of, you know, you know get like a, like a, like a real watch, get like a, like a $10 Casio from Walmart. <laughs> exactly and essentially right and essentially you know and if it, if it breaks then guess what you're just screwed it's not like you can replace that watch with another <laughs> one um so good luck at looking at the positioning of the sun and moon and figuring out what time of day it is <laughs> exactly so i mean it really makes things super tough um so anyway you know it you know in my mind it, it was it it it's it's a great start to 2023 when you can say we had three finishers at Barkley. Yeah, I mean, I would say that's almost unprecedented, but I mean, that happened once before. So, I mean, it's not exactly unprecedented. It's still pretty rare, though, to have one finisher, let alone three. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I'll be interested to see what he does next year. Um, you know, um, I will never ever run the Barkley. Um, I need, I need to run the the Fall Classic. Have you ever done the Fall Classic? I DNS'd at one time. Uh, I signed up for it, and then I got like a few weeks out from. It. I was like, man, I just really, really don't want to run this. This doesn't sound like any, any. This just doesn't sound like fun to me right now. And so, no, I, I denied. <laughs> So but, um, yeah. it also came that year I was uh, training for, you know, my first hundred at Tunnel Hill, which is a completely opposite type of course. So 
I was like, I'll just stick to the flat stuff for now. <laughs> and, you know, I'm sure everybody that's listening to this knows what we're talking about. We're talking about the Barkley Fall Classic, which is, um, they call it the it's baby a, baby Barkley, but it's not It's like even... a sampling, so you can kind of get a feel of what the Barkley is like. Very loosely. Just, just get a taste of it. Like a very small taste. Uh, because there's actually Time-wise, it still runs closer to like a, a 50 miler. So whatever your 50 mile is time is, that's probably how long it's going to take you to finish the 50 K at the Barkley fall classic. Yeah. That sounds about right. Cause I know people who run it here that are extremely fast on 50 Ks and their 50 Ks time don't, match up that well for one thing it's longer than a 50k from what i understand <laughs> yeah which is another thing about the barclays he, he he says every loop is 20 miles but who knows how far it really is <laughs> exactly i mean because especially if you have to like if you go off course like trying to like navigate you zigzagging back and forth and everything else so but if you're looking for a way into like the actual barclay the top two finishers uh both men and women get an automatic entry into the Barclays. So um, there's, there's, there's your chance. Yeah. And I don't even know who that was this year. Mm -mm. Yeah. I can tell you right off. I'd have to go back and look. It's, it's in September. So it's been a hot minute since it happened. Right. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at all the names, but I, I can't remember. It's been, it's been so long. So, but I guess we can transition out of Barkley for a minute. And uh, you have a big race coming up this weekend. It's coming weekend, right? Yeah, I got a uh, a Road 100K, the uh, Blackbeard's Revenge 100K over in the Outer Banks of North Carolina. Uh, the 100K race will start at Nags Head, like on uh, this place called Jeanette's Pier like actually out on the pier and then we'll go travel south mostly along NC Highway 12 for oh, 47, 50 miles before turning off and finishing at the graveyard at, of the Atlantic Museum. <clears throat> what drew you to that one? I don't know, just, uh, just a different challenge, you know, I had never, I mean, I've been past the 100k distance before, but never like the 100k and i mean i've never done anything as flat so it'll be interesting to see how i can do <laughs> um you know i've always been like i've said before that you know i do well as far as like rhythm running just getting into locking into a rhythm and if it's really flat like that that really plays to my strengths so as long as i can manage my nutrition well i think i'll i'll do all right at that and also if it doesn't get just like deathly hot <laughs> Supposed to be warm here. Is it supposed to be warm there? Uh, I think it's supposed to be around 70 degrees, but maybe a little bit of rain. So we'll we'll see. I wouldn't mind if it's like, you know, 40 or 50 degrees all day, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah, that's exciting though. I've I, I couldn't imagine running that long on the road. Um Yeah, I was looking at the map earlier and there's not even any turns for like 47 miles of it. So just straight. Uh, yeah, just straight, just ocean on either side of you. That's pretty cool, though. Um, 
Yeah, I think we had some friends that were eyeballing that um, and ended up ended up not doing it. But you know, this weekend yeah, yeah. we had what um, we had the pistol. Yeah. And um, show gray um, showed up and showed out, set the state record for the 100 miler there. Yep, Jason had uh, an interview with him on his other channel, his Inked Up Runner channel. So go give that a look if if you're interested. Yeah, that's the last interview I think I did on that channel. Yeah. Probably should probably should kindle it back up again. Yeah, um, get a get a nice post race interview from. He's a he seems like a cool guy. Man, he and he's super talented too. You know. Yeah, um, yeah he that, uh, he finished in what fifteen oh seven for the hundred miler think so yeah sounds about right but that's you know that's a race that is extremely popular but i've had no desire to ever run it i mean if you're looking for like a fast 50k 50 mile 100k 100 mile time that would be the one to go to if you again just don't mind just locking in and running at a consistent pace for a while because it's um takes place on a uh looped course it's about 10 miles per loop so you do 10 loops of it for if you're doing the 100 miler and then obviously shorter than that if you're doing one of the shorter distances so it would appeal to a certain type of runner yeah and, well and i think the nice thing about it is i heard that the that the support of that that course is like top tier too um which it should be like if it's just like a 10 mile loop um you got eight station like every every like pretty um close together so yeah that 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 that's uh and it's and it's popular too um it might be one just to sign up for sometime just to say i did it you know yeah definitely be a good one for uh anyone out there who's curious in the ultra distance but maybe doesn't want to go out on a trail where there's a lot more variables yeah yeah I, i agree with that i mean it's 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 a such a much more controlled atmosphere which makes it better right um from the standpoint if you're inexperienced or just want that extra level of security um not like going out and running stump jump or mountain mist or one of those other courses that's you know anything could happen on and it's more i don't want to say remote because it's not necessarily remote but it's not exactly you know it's, you're it's not, not going to be out there just alone for hours and hours at a time absolutely and i think you know that's the way some of these courses are um it's funny because even at the yeti there's going to be there's times there were times at the yeti um with as many people running that thing is and it's just an out and back and out and just an out and back for the 50 miler um there were plenty of times on that course where i was by myself and i remember thinking to myself it's crazy that there's all these people running this race and i'm literally like the only one that's like here um because i think that's one thing that can that can help you through a race um is is having people like like around you and i think that's that's a thing that i think would be appealing for the pistol but but i thought that was cool but you know i think savage golf is next weekend maybe thought about jumping into that one but i don't think i am oh not even the uh what is it 15k 
Is that the shorter yeah. distance there? Yeah, I thought of it. I'm sure that Harden would let me throw, throw him some money and would let me in it if I wanted to. Um, I don't know, man. You know, <laughs> I'm trying to work my, ease my way back in, and you don't ease your – there's nothing that, that you ease into out at Savage Golf, which is a terribly yeah, difficult so course. It, <laughs> yeah, it's one of those plays where it's like, oh, well, that's that place is kind of fun to go to. It's got some nice scenery and stuff. But God, it is it is it is so technical. Like, there's a reason it is called Savage Golf. Um, I mean, it, is that the one that uh, Will called Murder Ditch, or was that uh, Fiery Gizzard? That's Fiery Gizzard. Fiery Gizzard. So Savage Golf was Murder Ditch Junior. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing like Fiery Gizzard. I mean. Um, I think he called it murder ditch after Greg took him out there and had him vomiting when they were, <laughs> when they ran like that marathon out there at breakneck speed. Cause he was trying to keep up with Greg cause Greg apparently can torch that fiery gizzard course. But yeah, both of them have a similar pedigree to them. They, they're both very technical, lots of climbing, lots of ups, lots of downs and just, just huge rocks i mean rocks that are like the size of cars just like what the hell but yeah, a lot of boulder hopping yeah my memory is a savage golf i feel like i've never run that anytime other than like the summer when it was just like deathly hot and humid <laughs> yeah uh, the only time i've ever been out there with you was that time we just did that little loop on top on the top you know that little flat easy loop <laughs> that little flat easy loop up at the top which is everybody had a fun day running mad yeah i remember i ran out of water and got like deathly sick because it was hot as hell and tons of spider webs but that was that was a crazy time that that, that was one of those runs where you could just gradually see that if you you could see the look on jason's face and you just could just see like the decline and just see him just died inside (laughs) yeah it sucked pretty bad I, you know what's funny though is like it, it's funny to watch people it how you it, it's not funny but it's interesting to watch how people deteriorate over <laughs> over the course of a run because like I was watching that UTMB right yeah um, with Jeff and his his girlfriend and you know she she started out like super happy and then like I don't know I can't remember how far into it like she flips the camera around like you could literally see it on her face like she was not in a good place you know she's like I just vomited my toenails hanging off you know it's just like it and you know and at the end I mean she was just absolutely miserable but she finished it which was absolutely amazing but it's just crazy to watch it's interesting to watch the ups and the downs because Jeff had he was up then he went down and he was like in this bliss where he was just like floating in air. And then he was like about to fall asleep while he was running. And then he, then he got to finish. Um, but that's, I guess that's the great thing about ultra running. Yeah. Again, it's just finding where you think your limit is and then just finding some way to push past that. Cause is that kind of what happened your first year at rim um, at, at, at your, uh, the your river race that you ran always screw the title up <laughs> rim to river yeah yeah um, no, we had a good time there though the worst part of that that was going going into last state station seven or eight miles from the finish i was just going to go walk through that one because i didn't need anything 
And then some dude offered me a beer and a quesadilla. So I was like, hell yeah, I want that. And I sat down and for whatever reason, my Achilles tendon just poofed right up. And oh man, that was so painful. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. I can imagine. And it's so funny because like, that was before COVID though, right? This was in 2020, so November 2020. So, I mean, it was it was still fairly early in the COVID. Well, not early, early, but I mean, it was still right in the middle of it. So it was in the middle of it. It was funny mm-hmm. because, you know, you, you think about, you think about how lax things are, I guess now compared to how it was. Um, I was thinking, I was telling a story about the time I ran the damn Yeti the first year I ran it and I ran through that aid station and this guy was like, here, have a sip of my beer. And I just took the beer out of his hand. I didn't even know who the guy was and just like drank <laughs> right after him, you know? Um, and, 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 and that's just the crazy thing about ultra running because like, I remember drinking that and I remember drinking after him again, coming back through, you know, and that beer actually helped speed me up along the way. So it's funny how yeah. things help you out along the course. Yeah, he was probably using the same cup for every person that ran through. <laughs> well, actually, he took a sip after I did. Yeah, it was the just, one in his uh... hand. It was the one <laughs> in his hand. He like just hand me his bottle. It was pretty cool. But... Yeah, you lose all dignity when you run an ultra, especially like you know the really long stuff like hundreds. You'll you'll be shitting two feet from the trail, and people won't even blink when they walk run past you, and you'll just change clothes in like a church parking lot or somewhere like that. And you just won't even care. <laughs> You're no. beyond caring. <laughs> no, you, you really don't a hundred percent, but well, anything else that you can think of? I know we've been rambling about a bunch of random shit for the last, who knows how long. No, nah, man, that's, that's what we do. That's what we do. We We ramble about all sorts of stuff. The good news is, the next episode you will hear will be the recap of John's 100K after he sets the course record and uh, and wins the whole thing. Um, so that will be the next episode we have will be the Black, Blackbeard's 100K recap of John Horner. <laughs> and the very unlikely chance I was to set a course record there. You think they'd rename it the Red Beard? That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. You know, I think on a positive note for me, um, I'm, uh, you know, I think I want to try to get out and hit an actual trail. I'm feeling a lot more confident in my running now since I've pieced together several decent weeks of running for myself. And then after watching that UTMB video, I feel like I could go out and, you know, run to Barkley and get it done in like 40 hours uh, because that's how inspiring that video was for me. But uh, again, if you haven't checked him out, watch Jeff Peltier's channel, Canadian guy, super awesome and just puts out unbelievable content. But until next week where we talk all things Blackbeard with the Redbeard, We will see you then. Everybody have a great week.